Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Cody. And, and this, this is The, the swirl. swirl. Ruby, can I Do mention... Do we need to talk... Yeah, I was going to say, can we talk about <laughs> my bunker? <laughs> so Ruby apparently is attempting to make herself more soundproof in her end of the Swirl Recording Studios in Elverson, Pennsylvania. Well, and and because I can't do anything like a normal human being, um, I, <laughs> I'm sitting in my guest room on a bed with a down comforter over my head, surrounded by all of these sound-absorbing type deals, because I, I think I need to level up my game. Cody always sounds so clear and crisp, and I always sound like I'm live from Oscar the Grouch's... <laughs> garbage bin <laughs> on Sesame Now meanwhile Street. I'm in the I'm in the city but I do have a little contraption. There was there was a time when we first started doing the podcast where I I recorded an episode or two in the bathroom. Like you had I was trying to figure out where I could get the best sound, but I think I figured it out in my home. Yeah, no. You you always sound so I think it's definitely a, an expression of each of us our personalities, uh, me being in the dumpster and you being very cool, crisp, and even. Um, So, yeah. I had a conversation with someone about the podcast a week ago, and they mentioned, like, oh, it's so cool that you guys, like, have a studio and you get together. And I was like, oh, no, we're in our respective homes. So (laughs) it's the the magic of digital life and podcasting that we can actually sound like we're in the same room, even though we are not. And our love for each other is so intense that it can travel hundreds of miles Hey, Cody, I sent you this great article, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. It's an opinion piece by Maris Kreitzman. She says that she wants to ditch algorithms in her life. She talks a lot about – it was in the New York Times. So it has to be trustworthy. Listen, no fake news here. Except when they're sympathizing with Nazis. Which is what I was about to say. Like, here's an opinion piece that has nothing to do with Nazis. So get excited. I'm Um, here for that. And it's called, An Algorithm Isn't Always the Answer. And she she talks about how years ago she interviewed to be a book editor at a data centric company, and they made her she like so she was asked what kind of data she'd use to determine whether a book was worth publishing, um, and so we have all of these. He's laughing at me because he can't see my face, you guys. It's not here. Not only can I not see your face, you sound like you are in a tunnel. Do I? Is it that bad? It's, Is it's it that interesting? Bad? Okay, it's interesting. I'm trying. I, for pure comedy, I'm enjoying it. Oh well, I'm glad. I'm glad my nonsense is making you amused. Um, so yeah, so she was talking about how uh, we how data driven our life has gotten, and in the this time of like holiday shopping, there's very much a if you like this, then you'll like this. Here's the best gifts for the season based on some kind of data. Um, mm-hmm. And the two examples she uses to describe her relationship with algorithms is that she was on Tinder and she had, like most people, a very curated Tinder profile with selfies in front of a bookshelf. She mentions her favorite authors and she ends up meeting somebody at a party who is a friend of a friend who came to the party by accident, really. And this person is totally outside of who she would planned on dating. He's six years younger. He lives in Harlem, which is far away from where she lives in Brooklyn. And she ends up marrying this guy. The other example she uses is uh, a dog. She was on Pet Finder. She was using all these algorithms. She thought she knew what she was looking for. And lo and behold, a friend um, said that her neighbor needed to get rid of this dog because she was too ill to take care of the dog. And the dog ends up being like the best dog ever. And both of these things happen without an algorithm, without an app. And so I was just wondering, like, what were your thoughts on this? Because I know you're actually out there dating 
in this algorithm kind of world. What is what are your thoughts on that? There's a lot of validity to that article. In particular, you know, it made me think about the fact that I don't think that anyone is approachable online. Ah. So if you remember back in the like in like the infancy days of like MySpace and Facebook, you could befriend somebody who you didn't know at all and maybe strike up a conversation and you know, get to know them or you'd be at a party and you you met someone and they'd give you their AOL instant messenger screen name and then you would go and develop a friendship and you know talk to that person every day. But nowadays you kind of are watching people on the periphery, you know, because their Instagram feeds are curated meticulously or they only save their tweets for the funniest jokes. And no one's showing bad days. No one's showing hair out of place. No one's showing a fat roll. It's always, like, so meticulous and so sort of well-defined, even if it's not true. And reading an article made me think about my dating profile. And a few years ago, uh, my friend Erin took me to a park and she took photos of me. Uh, because she wanted people to see me as she saw me. That's nice! It was very lovely, but it ended up with these very, like, smoldering, sexy photos, and I don't recognize that person. Like, I think I'm Uh. just really, like, silly and goofy. So, on dating apps, I get certain responses from people who imagine a version of me that I don't think lines up with who I am. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, the profile text in comparison to the photos, seem like two different people. Because likely, they are. That's interesting. What I find is I've never written a dating profile that really encapsulates who I am as a person. So, so oh. you, can't find, you really can't find somebody if those things don't line up. So this is really funny because I had not intended. I audition much better in person. By the way. No, you're great. I think you're great online Thanks. too. Um, I was I had not intended to bring this up when I sent you this article, but um, there's an episode of Parks and Recreation where Leslie Nope gets cue the buzzer. I know. Drink <laughs> if drink if if you're playing this world drinking game. Drink if Ruby brings up yoga or Parks and Rec. But people on- don't know how many times I edit out the words so on parks and rec i literally edited listen this is so no but this is very pertinent this is really pertinent to the conversation about what you're talking about um leslie gets on this uh dating site and she gets back a soulmate level match okay and it ends up being someone who works in the office and it's tom haverford which is the character played by aziz and sari the whole episode revolves around like how could tom and i have a soul level match this website is broken It turns out at the very end that Tom literally has 26 different dating profiles that are all him. And there's a different, (laughs) listen to this, it's so great, it's so brilliant. There's a different initial for each one. So like Tom A. Haverford is the athletic sporty Tom. Um, And so he's trying to find the girls who would be responding to somebody like like that though and Uh he and he goes Leslie which one which one did you have a soulmate level match with and she says well it was Tom N. Haverford he's like Tom N. Haverford I don't even check that profile do you know what his favorite movie is it's books because <laughs> it's it's like the nerdy one like he collects sure. globes like so 
the, the, the reason I bring this up is because I think what you're saying is true is I think that the algorithm really makes you narrow yourself to fit into a certain box when sure. really you, maybe you do read books but also have a favorite movie. Maybe you also do CrossFit or yoga but you're also really into eating like cheese fries, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't – you don't have to be only one thing and I think the algorithm thing really like kind of pinholes you into this one little spot. It's funny you say that because I, I think about all the time. Um, recently, I cleared like my cache on my on my computer. Yeah, I did that and too. It seemed to be like this vortex that I was in of you know Amazon doing the, if you like this then you'll love this and all the suggestions on Facebook and it was all because oh maybe I was looking for a gift for someone but suddenly that like that gift that I was looking for for somebody became my life. Right, right. Like, right. like they think that, like, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, that suddenly I, I was really into beer koozies or something. Right, right, yeah. I mean, we've yeah. talked about how Facebook thinks I'm a black woman based on some of my online behavior, which I find amazing. But I wonder, I wonder if we're doing that in real life, too, you know? Like, is there something that we're closing ourselves off to? I wish, I wish that when you made that comment about Facebook thinking that you were a black woman, that your eyes weren't so wide open and you have this blanket over your head. It looked like a horror movie. <laughs> They're coming this for is... us. They're coming for us. The Facebook algorithm is coming for us. Seriously, I this just... This looks like the movie Signs when they're waiting for the aliens to arrive. Yeah, but I'll bet you a million dollars I sound better on the podcast this week. I bet you. And if I don't, I hope that all of you guys give us some listener clapback. And if I do, I hope you harass the hell out of Cody about it. Because I'm trying I'm just out here trying. <laughs> I'm mystified right now. Did you screenshot really... this? You should screenshot it just so we could share it with everybody on Facebook. Uh, oh, dear Lord. Okay. Hold on one moment. We're interrupting the podcast. With screenshots. <laughs> okay. Which Give is me. really on brand for us. Stick that, stick that tongue out again. <laughs> that sounded so filthy. Thank you. Some people oh are gosh. into my tongue, Cody. You just keep it to yourself. Well, with that, you guys, fuck the algorithm. Go out there and be yourself and try to see if you can clear your, your real-life cachet so you can meet some new and interesting people and enrich your life. Essentially, clear your cache so you can put something in it. hey Oh, you're always trying to put things in places. I just I just don't know. I just don't know. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm cutting him off before he says the next thing. We'll be right back with this week's Here For It, Q&A, and the good word. Don't go anywhere. One. One. Oh. So <laughs> Hi guys, we're back and now it's time, it's our favorite, it's the most wonderful time of the podcast where we find out <laughs> what Cody is here for. What are you here for this week, Cody? Oh, happy to be back with my blanket baby. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the blanket. <laughs> you can't, you can't even sweep your bangs right now because you... Are I'm starting to sweat in places that are probably inappropriate to mention. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a little on your décolleté, is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah, if you're getting... It's, I'm, I'm starting to have moist... I'm getting a little moist under the blanket here moist. with you, Cody. Every week All I right. get a little moist under the covers with Cody. Okay. Well, I've said time and time again that I would want my Fitbit implanted in my body. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I've, oh I've actually God. even told their corporate office just that and i think that's why they enjoy slash are terrified of me <laughs> but i have to tell you the one place i don't wear my wearable 
is during sexy time. And that's clearly TMI, I know. But I hate when, like, the faulty steps are registered. <laughs> do you still wear your Fitbit? I, do, like, in this, in the, in the context of the com- this conversation, this is even better. It gave me a rash. <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm trying to let the rash heal before I okay, put the but- Fitbit back on. So I haven't been wearing it. <laughs> But not okay. because of sexy time, in Ron's defense. <laughs> just to be clear, just to be clear. Um, so I was checking out this article that uh, this British company called British Condoms has this new smart condom called an Icon. It's a ring that fits over your member, and it just happens to be, quote, extremely comfortable, water-resistant, and lightweight, which I didn't realize mattered to me until I read that. Okay. 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 I have a, wait, wait, can I just, I'm going to say this a few times during this conversation. Yes. So let's just, we'll count. This is number one. Why? <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Well, C- okay. Carry I'll on. Get there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so it's a, it's a smart condom and naturally <laughs> because it's 2017, it records calories burned during intercourse, which aren't as many as you'd think. And you know, I count calories. So it's like a hundred <laughs> calories per session. Okay. I'm going to ask it again, so this is now the second time. Why? (laughs) I'm just going to, much like sex, I'm just going to power through. It counts total number of thrusts. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I mean, come on. All I can think about is, like, how how happy were you the first time you got to 10,000 steps per day? Oh, my God, Cody. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I just don't know if I'd be like... If I'll be at the bar, my friend's like, yo, I just hit 300, dog. That's oh, all me. Long big seating over here, son. <laughs> Listen, one thing I need to let you know about women is we do like a good, you know, we're into the tossing tumbles in the sheets. But I don't need a guy being like, baby, don't come yet. I need, like, four more. <laughs> like, fuck that noise. Like, it's already, like, I, like, why? Why? Okay. Well, maybe this is this making part... me really want to be a lesbian really badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this part of the story will help you because uh-huh. well, you're I'm I'm in the game. You're clearly out of the game. I mean, yeah. you have a significant other, a lifetime partner. Yeah. I'm out here. I'm out here in these streets, and the streets uh-huh. are hot. The block is hot. So you want as... stats? You want you want to have a Cody Rookie of the Year card that has no, all of your no, sex stats I... on it? I'm into I'm into this other feature. So uh-huh. apparently, the developers of the smart condom said that the icon can indicate the presence of sexually transmitted infections. Oh. So the ring has an antibodies feature that sends an alert to the app when it detects proteins or antigens found in STIs. Now, clearly, you didn't want it enough if you're not willing to die for it. So I don't know if, like, <laughs> if, while you're in the game... Get the beep, beep, beep. The block is hot. The block is hot. Um, um, if you're like, okay, I'm out. I don't know if you just continue thrusting through, but this is where they lost me. And okay, this is where they lost me. <laughs> okay, all of this, all of this has already been said. Yes, it, there, there's something, there's something even worse, and it was this that made you not want okay. to purchase this. I'm, I'm really terrified to know what this could possibly be. <laughs> They measure the frequency of sessions and the total duration of sessions. Now, in my life, sometimes I'm in a torrential downpour, and other times it's a 40-year drought. Yeah. Okay? So I don't know that I need, like, somebody being like, oh, you haven't had sex in three days. Like, that, that's a little much. But then, 
they got to girth measurements. Oh no! <laughs> Speed of thrust. Oh and no! The, and the average velocity of thrust. And uh, all of a sudden, all I could think about was like, isn't there enough pressure? That's what I'm thinking. And then, like, I'm just waiting for the push notification, and it has to be a push notification. Oh, push. Do, do, do. Um, it, that's like, uh, you haven't fucked in a while. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, your phone's like, beep, beep. Uh, you're being a little slutty this week. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, and, yeah, no, I think this Wait, is the way push too notification much. is like, keep it up, exclamation point. Right, like, <laughs> like, if you fuck another person, you're gonna be halfway up Mount Everest. And then Cody's like, hell yeah! Like, no, there's so much about this that I'm like, hard pass on I just want to be whatever. an overachiever. I may want to add a second category to hear, hear for it from now on. And I might want to call it something like, you tried it or worked my nerves for all the times that you thought that you were here for, but in actuality, you're like completely disgusted. And I think oh. I might be with my here for it this week. Dude, that could be a whole fucking podcast. Cause that's like my <laughs> life is like, I'm like, Oh, this is, I mean, like, it's like, Oh yeah. Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Right. No. Yeah. So how about you, my friend? What are you here for this week? Well, I like to stay hashtag on brand, and it, the most on brand thing for for me is not sexual data driven condoms, but instead it's a nerdy documentary that I watched on Netflix. And this week I'm talking about Jim and Andy: The Great Beyond, featuring a very special contractually obligated mention of Tody Clifton, and that is the full name of this documentary. It is about the Andy Kaufman movie that Jim Carrey starred in eight years, eighteen years ago. If you believe. Um, they put yeah. Him on the moon. Great soundtrack and by REM. Totally. And it's an interesting movie. Andy Kaufman was definitely um, a fascinating figure in comedy and in pop culture. His whole point was to keep the audience on their toes and feeling off kilter. But the movie, um, the documentary, follows the making of the movie. And as if the whole thing couldn't be any weirder already, Jim Carrey right. claims that the moment he found out he got the role, that Andy Kaufman came to him and embodied and came into his brain and took over his body. And so for the duration of the movie, a- Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton, who was the mm-hmm. alter ego of Andy Kaufman, were the only people driving the Jim Carrey bus. They would talk about Jim Carrey as if he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. They would talk trash about Jim. They would tell um, the people on the cast and crew that Jim Carrey was weak and that he wasn't very good. Um, and it's kind of insane, right? So there's this like whole part of it that doesn't really outwardly get discussed about white privilege and male privilege where um, this actor can go ahead and act like a total and complete asshole on set and treat people like shit because he's quote-unquote method acting. But yes. it's a... It's a really – so, like, if you're – like, don't have that argument with me because I'm already there with you. Sure. But from an art – so the the studio who made the movie didn't really want any of this um, footage shown because they, quote, didn't want people to think Jim Carrey was an asshole <laughs> and because he really does act like a huge asshole. But from a creative perspective and as you and I are both people who are creatives, um, I think a lot about process and what creative people think and do. And there's some really insightful parts of this movie um, that Jim talks about his process, about creativity, about being an actor and about um, what it means to be a person because Andy Kaufman was really fascinating. 
thing. Um, and so I highly recommend Jim and Andy the Great Beyond. Um, if you're really into it, you should definitely watch some old Andy Kaufman clips and then watch the Andy Kaufman movie um, that Jim Carrey did and then watch this amazing documentary on Netflix um, called Jim and Andy. So I highly recommend it. I'm here for it. And I'm really, really into Jim Carrey. He's kind of a weirdo, but he's definitely a weirdo I'm into. Oh, well, I'll definitely be checking it out. It's so funny you mentioned that about the method acting because there were these stories that came out, I think, a year ago about Daniel Day-Lewis on the set of Lincoln. Yes. And he really, like, people's cell phones would go off and he'd be like, what is that witchcraft and sorcery? Uh, <laughs> Look, dude, you're doing too much. You're doing yeah. too much. <laughs> well, and, like, I don't want to ruin... Like, he literally... Jim Carrey would show up before he got his Tony Clifton makeup done because Tony Clifton's like older, right? So right. with a paper bag over his head and little eye holes and he'd be Tony Clifton and he would like throw shit at his co-stars and like at the end of the movie they're showing, I, I mean, it's just incredible, you know? It's just, it, you should definitely check out this documentary. I don't want to ruin any more of it. I really, really no, enjoyed please. it. It was so good. Please watch it. Well, that is fantastic and we'll be back in just a moment with this week's Q&A. Hey! Hang tight. And we're back. And this is the point in the show where we answer your questions badly. Yes. And we like to call it the Q&A. Hey! Oh yeah, I like Ruby. one of It's your pick this week. So tell us, what did you select? Oh my god, this is such a crazy one. Are you ready? Let's buckle in. Dear Cody and Ruby, I seriously dislike kids. I don't have many friends by choice because even though I tell friends that I don't like kids, they still include their kids in my life. For example, last time I had a party at home, I said no kids on the invitation. But some people did bring their kids. Children make me nervous in my house. I am not rude when I tell people I don't like kids. I explain the reasons. I suffer from an anxiety disorder and I take daily prescribed meds. And I let them know that I don't want kids included in my activities. People are generally fine with this. They don't get offended. But later on, they forget. I think a few kids are cute, well-mannered, well-behaved, etc. But I still don't want them in my house or my activities. How do I tell people so they do not forget that I don't want children in my life? Sincerely, The Grinch. Oh, and I I personally don't think that this person is a Grinch. Uh, Ruby is disappearing on the screen right now. <laughs> I'm being swallowed! <laughs> you right now remind me of, in the cartoons, or Austin Powers, when they're closing the walls in on the heroes, and they, they have to try to escape before they get squished by the walls that's what you look like in the blanket right now you know what i feel like i feel like you know when you were little and you built a fort and you were like let's tell each other secrets and so like you yeah. and i are having a secret session under the blanket and what happens under the blanket goes on the podcast and gets distributed on itunes for everyone to listen to <laughs> it's true it's true okay so this person uh, you okay so, you don't think okay. they're a grinch i don't either i will say i don't i also yeah. agree with this i think that people will assume because i'm a mother that i will think this person is a grinch but i agree go ahead cody tell me what you think okay so the first thing I want to consider is what if this person's home isn't baby proof? Mm. What if this person has expensive furniture? What if this person uh, really enjoys not having crayons on their walls? There are multiple reasons why people don't want to have children in their house. Also, as a person who does not have a kid, anytime I'm in an environment where 
let's say, an airplane or a restaurant, and a parent is just letting a child run around or yell and scream, I am not built for that because that is not my everyday. Yeah. Whereas that becomes white noise for a parent. Mm -hmm. And for someone who could have anxiety, for someone who isn't accustomed to being around kids, that can be really, really freaky. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm not, freaky is not even the word. It's just like, it can be very like disconcerting. You're just yeah. like, oh my God. And, and it would, it rises my anxiety and I'm, and I know plenty of kids, mm -hmm. but I have to say also there is a, there is a component. I was just at a party last night where my friend came and his wife and his child didn't. And I was surprised to not see his wife and his child. And he said, well, they, they sent me as a representative. Right. And because we assumed that people didn't want to have kids here. Right. And I was just like, oh, that's super thoughtful. Mm -hmm. You know, so I missed out on seeing his spouse and his kid because he didn't want to, like, bring them to that situation. Right. And I think often, oftentimes, one, laziness on the parent, the part of parents, and I don't mean to be shady. No. But they're just like, oh, we're not, we're not going to get a babysitter. So you're just going to deal with our kids. And it's like, yeah, no. no, that's not, that shouldn't be the default. Well, and like you're saying, I think if like, if the spouse and the child had come as a person who has a child, it's very difficult to give your, uh, to loosen up, have a good time and be present if you're worried about your kid or your spouse. So it's more, you yeah. probably had more of your friend's attention because there weren't other people that they were thinking about. Um, oh, absolutely. We got quality time. Right. Yeah. And I, I just want to say, like, I think about this a lot because um, I am, like, apparently not a very typical mother. Like, I nurture a lot of my external passions. I do things, um, like, my child is not the center of my universe. And my husband is my partner. And he does a lot of the things that are, like, traditionally the mother's job. So, like, knowing what's on the calendar at school, my husband knows. I have no idea what's going on at school. My husband does those things. And so um, I sometimes run into other mothers who all they want to do is talk about their children with me. And I got to be honest, I don't care about other people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and it's, it's may just be a personality thing or a parenting style. Like I love my kid and I'll talk to him if you want to talk to him about, talk about him with me, but I'm, it's not the center of my universe. I have lots of other things that I much rather would talk about. And, and, um, especially like little kids who aren't even really doing anything that interesting. Like, I really don't care like that your kid has tried carrots and loves them. Like that's information that I just like don't need about your kid, like, or how well they're pooping. Like, it's just not something I care about. So, um, I, I definitely empathize with the Grinch here. Like, I think that people, um, if you're friends with somebody, uh, you should be friends with people who are thoughtful enough to hear you when they say, when you say no kids or I'm uncomfortable with or, and that goes for everything. Like, don't, if somebody is not considerate enough to listen to you when you say no, um, and they forcefully right. apply their, their lifestyle choices, whether that be children, veganism, uh, Christianity, whatever it is upon you, when you've made it clear, you're not interested, that person's not your friend. So I think you need to not worry about being a bitch or being terrible and, um, and make, you know, make it clear what your boundaries are, right? Like, I think that that's an important part of self-care and sometimes self-care is uncomfortable and it's a conversation where you have to be the bad guy. But in the long run, I think you should look out for yourself. And you don't have to make excuses. If you don't want to do something, no is a complete sentence. There's that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we invite you to send us your Q&A at swirlpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at swirlpodcast, Facebook at swirlpodcast, and uh, YouTube 
at Swirl Podcast. And we love a listener clapback, so if you think we're being assholes, please call us out on our assholeness and tell us if you think the Grinch is a Grinch, because we would love to hear about it and read your responses on the air. It's time for us to go to church because Cody is going to give us and lay down for us joy to the world, all the boys and girls. That's a different joy to the world. Anyway. That is. Thank you, Ruby. You're welcome. This week's good word comes from Maya Mendoza, who writes, no amount of security is worth the suffering of a mediocre life chained to a routine that has killed your dreams. Oh, Yes. So if you are in a situation that is safe and secure, it might not be the one for you because it's going to take away all of your ambition, all of your drive, and possibly your spirit. So as we've said many times on the podcast, it's the spaces that are uncomfortable that you learn the most. Mm-hmm. It might be worth your time. I'm in that moment right now. Oh, Gotta yeah. say it. <laughs> gotta live it. Gotta be true about it. Yeah. But authenticity, babe. It's ultimately, ultimately gonna be worth it. Awesome. We thank you. As always for listening to our show. On that note, send us home, my darling. You guys know the deal. The party doesn't end. It just relocates. Ooh, happy ho 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 to you, Cody. Happy ho. <laughs> That's all I do is ho 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 every day. Hey, listen. <laughs> He just needs like four more thrusts, you guys, and then he's gonna do it. All right, he keep the podcast going. Cody just needs a little bit longer. Okay, okay, we did it. We're done. I'm getting motion sickness from you being underneath that fort. Don't you tell. We'll see you next week, don't everybody. Don't you tell anybody what happened under this blanket, today, Cody. <laughs> don't you tell anybody what happened under this blanket. All right, I'm pressing stop. It's over. It's done. <laughs>